You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in five, four, three, two. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This program is made possible because of Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, the Griffin Foundation, and the Hereditary Disease Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today I have Chris Brown on again with me. Um, we are going to be talking about a really important subject, um, which you know we're we're both kind of dealing with, and that is at the age of onset and kind of delving into what that feels like, what we're experiencing in our lives. And I think it's a really important topic. Um, I also want to bring out, uh, bring up that this will be uncensored, just like our HD uncut um, series, our HD uncut episodes, um, because we want you guys to know the real HD from this prodromal stage of HD. Um, I think it's very important. So Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Lauren, and and having this platform for us, the community to like voice our concerns and stories. And um, I just think this, oh, whenever I have something I want to talk about, I'm like, let me see what Lauren thinks about this. <laughs> I love having you on. Um, I think it's such a great time for us to just be extremely honest and, you know, it's just a, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yes. Yes. And like, I just, I never feel like I'm, uh, I just feel like it's like a judge free place. And I always feel like it's, you're just like, you're authentic. I'm authentic. So I don't have to be, uh, I'm not worried about what you might ask me or where the conversation might go just because like, I just feel like it's a safe space and I don't have to like, you know, have that in the back of my mind. Oh, well, so she, you know, you know, I, not that I'll do anything, you know, bad. I'm just saying like. Safe space. To- I, I am so glad you view it that way. Cause it is, it absolutely is. There is no judgment here. Um, and so I, I'm really happy that you said that and you feel that way. That's a huge compliment to me. So thank you. Um, well, okay. I, um, I reached out to you, Lauren, um, about a week ago because I was just, um, I was having these, um, thoughts about, um, my onset and I have been struggling with things um, more cognitively than physical, and they are un- unseen. They are not viewable to the to the <laughs> naked eye. But I want to talk about them and actually, like, just shine a light on what it's like to be um, prodromal and and what that season of life is like because um i mean of course like with medicine you don't get any really real treatment um with anything until you're you know like way into it and you know um but there is so much that starts to happen and the slow you know we said earlier how it's just a slow slow process and how it just creeps up on you and um I've just been dealing with things that you know you can't just um you know uh still can't think of that word uh when you try to try another word dismiss you know dismissing symptoms you know we we find out we have it have the um disease you know or we find out that we are um 
gene positive. And so then it's just like, depending on what age you are, whether you do that, like we did at an early age, and then you're like, but for me, you know, August 6, 2016. And then you're like, okay, well, I have all this time because like, statistically, if you got it from your mom, your onset is around their age. It's what I kind of am under the impression of. I hear it, I hear it said differently but from the people to people. But uh, my understanding is if you get it from your mom, your onset is going to be close to around that time. Uh, whereas if you get it from your dad, it could be more unpredictable of when and how severe and, you know, if, and all those variables. Um, so I, I've dismissed all these symptoms for years and years and easy and gratefully I'm surrounded by people who, you know, keep me, you know, thinking straight and, and, and honest. And, and then there's also people, you know, in your family and friends and coworkers who are like, you know, will say things to kind of like dismiss something that you might be just generically complaining about, you know, and whether they know about HD or not. And um, so I've gotten used to doing that. And uh, um, each birthday, you know, I guess my mom started getting, um, well, she had to stop working around the age of 38, 39. And then around 40, 41, 42, it was like, you know, it was happening. And um, um, I turned 39 in July and I, I'm sitting here fighting all of these negative thoughts of like, Chris, you're not, Chris, <laughs> I'm fighting negative thoughts as I talk, Lauren. Um, you're trying to make it happen. You're trying to make it out that it's here already. It's not here already. Yes, I mean, but it is, <laughs> it is. Um, you know, <laughs> you're making this up. This is, a, I mean, you ha you should be happy that you're, that you're doing fine right now. You shouldn't be, you know, all these things are popping in my head right now as I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say, Lauren. It's so crazy. Well, and you're dealing, you, you were saying <laughs> something earlier that made perfect sense is that, you know, as you start thinking of these things and you mention it to somebody um, and they, they try to relate to it and say, oh, well, you know, I deal with that too. And, you know, it's really easy to do that for so long, but then there's this point of, you can't do that anymore. Like you <laughs> have to realize like you're dealing with stuff. I mean, it's legit. It's real. You're dealing with things and have to be honest with yourself and, and that dismissive uh, attitude with yourself or somebody else doing it doesn't help at all. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Um, it doesn't. And so I, um, what kind of hit me to let me know that it is here and that I am like, the, like I'm at the, I've been at the door. I think the door, I put my hand on the doorknob and the door is opening up. It's not fully open, but the door is opening up. And so I can, it's like open enough so I can like see things inside of the house. It's not all the way open, but um, the things I see that I've dealt with, you know, already was like, of course, depression. Um, but apathy is the main thing I see that is, um, that I am, that is like, it's like, you know, What's that? What's the? I guess the um the show Stranger Things where it kind of like crawls up and takes over, you know, like and like I feel like apathy has just like consumed you. Yes, it has consumed me. Um, what is apathy? Apathy is um. Uh, it takes away your drive. It takes away your ability to function on a normal day-to-day -day basis. It makes you not want to get out of bed in the morning. It makes you not 
want to take your dog out to pee in the morning when you know good and well you want to take your dog out to use the bathroom. You want to get up and cook breakfast. You want to um to organize everything for your day and you want to get stuff done and you and your mind I'll just lay there and I'm going over all the things in my mind that I need to be doing and I won't do it. Yep. And I'm not and like I'm not saying oh I had a lazy day. No, I'm talking about laying on the couch, thinking of everything you need to do and not doing any of it. Day after day, day after day, after day, after day, after day. And it's just, I mean, of course I take Grayson out. I take him out three times a day, don't get me wrong. But like, thank God I have Grayson. And like, I would like, I, I can actually fight off because I, those, I can, I can get myself up and going because I have to take care of him. And like, I, um, and that's a good, that's a good thing. I, um, but I will come, I'll take him out and I'll come back and I'll get back on the couch and I won't do anything and I'll be consumed in my head and I'll be like, just like trapped in my head and my body won't even be tired. Right. Yep. But, but I can't, but then I'll go do things. I, like I'll do things that I need to do. I won't do things that I have to do or it's, yeah. it's, it's like on a need basis. And it comes and it, it it gets it lightens up a little bit. I'll have some days where I can I can squeeze in getting things done and like I'll rip and run and do whatever. Um, but like I will still, it just takes so much energy to do it. Yeah. Um, if I have an outside influence, then that's um, that helps a lot. Yeah. That, and, influence like you know getting me to um um it's kind of like it'll bring me out of it if somebody like calls and says hey what's going on blah 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 and then I start talking to them and then the next thing I'm I know I'm like on the phone and like I'm doing stuff while I'm on the phone yeah because I'm I don't know it takes you out of it yeah it distracts you enough to be able to get you doing it yeah. Because in the meantime, you're just sitting there beating yourself up because you can't right. seem to make yourself move. Right. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And it's very crappy. It's a, a it's a very, very crappy place to be, like, um, mentally, because I should just be out doing, like, I... I live downtown. There's the river right there. There's restaurants. There's parks. There's, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll take Grayson on a walk, and he sees everybody on down on Main Street knows him. And I mean, I have neighbors that I can call and say, "Hey, let's do this and that or whatever." I have all these um outlets of ways to keep myself um busy and um doing stuff but in the back of in but even if I start to do it I um so there's apathy then um the other day I was at my brother's house and I was playing with my nephew he's four years old his name is Asa so I am um I'm he he grabs my fingers and he like starts walking like I'm holding him and he starts putting his feet on my legs to walk up and do a flip around while I'm holding his um while I'm holding his hands. And so he, he did that a couple of times and then Avery, his sister, um she she like comes running up to us because she wants me to do it to her. And I see that she's about to like push him or like do something. And 
I see it happening and I couldn't respond. Yep. And so she like bumped him and then he fell and hit his head. And I was like, oh my God. And like, but I saw her, I knew that like, oh shoot, she's gonna, you know, and like, I couldn't. You respond. couldn't process it I, in time. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't say, I, I couldn't even say, no, Avery, no. Like I couldn't right. before, you know, um, yep. Grayson, we were, we were somewhere and he was about to, I was about to tell him to come he, to um, stop or like come here or something. And I couldn't say it in time or process it in time. And I had enough time to do it. You know, it was a situation that I had, if I had acted when I initially saw it happening or had the forethought of seeing it happening, I couldn't respond yeah. Yeah. or react. I know what I that's like because <laughs> before, um, before I got my neurocognitive disorder related to HD diagnosis, um, and before I went on the medicine that I'm on now, um, like my husband would talk to me and he'd ask me questions and I'd be sitting there and I know that he asked me questions. Like I heard them, but I would just stare at him for a minute and be like, I can't seem to get it out. And then he'd be like, did you hear me? And I would have to go, yeah, I heard you. Just give me a minute so I could try to catch up. Mm -hmm. And it got so bad that I literally had to talk to him about the fact that, like, my brain is not processing as fast as yours right now. And so I need you to just be patient with me because I hear you. But for some reason, I'm not responding. And I'm not meaning to do that but I just can't seem to get it out when I want to. And it's just taking me longer. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really hard thing for me because mm -hmm. I have processing issues. I was like, this mm -hmm. is not right. Um, but that was one of the things I noticed is that people would ask me questions and it would take me longer to respond to those questions. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, it almost caused big fights um, yeah. with me and my husband just because he just was like, you're ignoring everything that I'm saying. No, no, I'm not. I'm literally... Mm -hmm. stuck <laughs> right I can't get past this point right yeah so I hear you on that that's tough mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I um um sometimes I'll like be at my tables and I'll open my mouth to like say something and then I'll say like it'll, and then I'll and then I'll say it or I'll I'll, it'll, I'll just like because my word recall is a, is another one. That's this going to be the next one. Me gonna... too. Yes. But um, just sometimes I can open my mouth and it will not come out. Mm -hmm. Like, would it'll and then it'll come out, or or I will even like forget. Yes, halfway through. <laughs> like, you know. I'll be talking about something and then halfway through forget and I'll just stop and then I'll go, what was I talking about? Right. And I have to find it again. I've done that. I've done that on the phone with people where I'm sitting there and I'll go, what was I talking about? Hold on. Let me try to get it back because it just popped completely out of my head. Right. Right. And then also my, um, my, um, my short term, like memory is like if I'm getting ready to leave the house to go to work and I have everything and if I say if I'm like getting my tie and as I'm getting my tie and putting it on I think oh I need to also grab that well by the time I finish my tying my tie I've forgotten and if I leave, then I'll leave. 
So it's not that I'm not, I'll, like, I'll remember. Later. But then like, if I'll think about it and then right. I'll be like, I forget. I remember like saying I need to get, but mm -hmm. that short, like minute or two and then it'll come back to me. Mm -hmm. Or or a longer term when it's like sometimes like normally like if I forget something I'll remember it further rather quickly. But like the other day, my I was at the park and my brother called and we was talking for a while. And then I said, um, um, I said, hey, just let me get back home and uh, I I'll call you back. And like I really meant that I was gonna call him back. But you forgot. Well, but not that I forgot. You know, I mean, you. I can say like, even if I would have gotten home, I would have been piddling around, piddling around, and then been like, "Oh, Remember, I need to call Zach right. back. Let, let me call Zach back." It never crossed my mind again for like two days. Yep. That I call him back. Oh my God, Chris! I can't even <laughs> tell you. <laughs> I know exactly what that's like. <laughs> oh, and I'm just like, but like, I really was gonna call Zach back because what we we're talking about was really interesting and I wanted to um call him back and like it's not that I was busy doing it because when I got back home I wasn't doing anything right yeah so I was so busy that I forgot to call him back no so I want to tell you a story based off of that I hope I remember it um but and every person who's listening right now, they're probably going, you know, oh, we all deal with some type of that, especially if you have ADHD. And I want to point this out. Yes, what what we are talking about is executive dysfunction, which is the early part of HD, the prodromal HD. These are the early cognitive symptoms in HD, but these are symptoms that people with ADHD and autism have. They have executive dysfunction. So yes, it looks very similar. Um, the difference is people with ADHD have had them their whole lives. They're not getting worse and they've learned techniques. People with HD didn't necessarily always have it. And we all of a sudden get these symptoms and we're like, what the hell is going on? And not all of a sudden, like, I would say like, I realized some of these over a good six month to a year period starting to come on. And the difference for us is we're not just going to all of a sudden develop these symptoms and it stays the same. We're going to progress into the disease. And so that's where it's different. But the symptoms are the same for ADHD and Huntington's for executive dysfunction. Um, and I can send you more information if you want on executive dysfunction, like examples and everything, but you're living it. Like it's truly, that's what it is. Um, and I, I can't tell you, I've been in this, you know, you know, I've been in the SAGE trial and I did something, I had a bad week. So I did something that was so not like me at all. And I've been flying since I was six weeks old. Okay. <laughs> and I thought that it was the 27th. I knew I was supposed to be flying out on the 28th whole day. I thought it was the 27th. Never crossed my mind, I guess, when I was on my phone, nothing. I, I didn't ever look at my calendar. I don't know. But I kept thinking, okay, I'm leaving tomorrow. About 8 p.m. that night, I went, okay, I need to get ready for tomorrow. Make sure I have everything ready so I don't leave anything. And I look, and it's the 28th. And I have missed my flight. I have never in my life done anything like that I freaked out and so I'm calling Georgetown like I'm so sorry I totally just missed my flight I don't know how I did this like I'm freaking out okay fine this is one one time we'll write it off to just whatever mom brain whatever you want to say right no mm -hmm. so I get to Georgetown. They've been very accommodating, worked out flights for me, worked me in so I could go for my appointment that week. Everything. Do uh -huh. my appointment. I do my appointment. Everything's fine. I've done blood work. I've done everything. They've 
gotten me my new box of medication. It's in a bag. I know where the bag is, you know, in, in the room and everything. And then I get done with my appointment and I walk out. And it never crosses my mind, Chris, that I've just left my medication in that room. Not once until the next day when I was having to go to the airport. And like, I went to go look for the medication to make like all of my medications that I, I put in my bag and it's not there. And so I'm freaking out again because it's 530 in the morning. I've got an eight o'clock flight and I don't have my study drug. Mm. Because for the first time in my life, it completely just left my brain. And it's not like I went and did anything, Chris. I went back to my hotel room. I didn't have Josh with me. He stayed with the kids. Went back to my hotel room, took a nap, sat on that bed and watched TV like I don't get to, to do. Yeah. Didn't do anything, and it never crossed my mind. And I was like, no, that's exactly what we're talking about. Like, that's never been me. What, you know, it just. And the heart sinkers, those are the ones that, like, tore you know. me up. Yeah, those sit with you. I, Lauren, ah, Lauren. I'm trying to think of one just so you make you feel better. And of course I won't be able to bring anything to mind in the moment, but um, yeah, I know no, those, I get those, it. when you do something and you just, your heart like just drops down and you're just like. Yes, I was, I was so upset. And um, <laughs> Karen Anderson even was so sweet to send me an email because like oh, I was yep. just beyond myself and she was like, everything's okay. You know, like she was so sweet. Um, was. But, you know, my husband is going, Lauren, it's okay. I'm like, no, no, it's not okay. Cause this is not me. Right? right. Like this is not, I have never ever in my life been like that. And to have two things like that happen. Yeah. Back to back. I was beyond myself. Um and it truly like put me in a very depressed state. Right. Right. It makes you realize like this, it's real. Happening. It's happening. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I you on that. You don't have to like convince people that, it, that, that that's what it is or like, you know, or like, or even you just don't talk about it because like, yeah. Um. Oh my God. Um, I'm having a roadblock of all the other things I want to. Well, you mentioned apathy. You mentioned the word finding issues and stopping in the middle or not um, like watching something happen and not being able to respond, even though, you know, it's happening and um, kind of just a delay in that process. Um, yeah, there's, um, What about being tired? Do you deal with any fatigue? I try to tell myself it's just because I'm getting older. It's a different type of fatigue, though. It's a, like a mental fatigue. Yes. yes. You know? Your brain is tired. Right. And like at work, my coworkers at work, they're like constantly without even knowing it, um, reminding me that like, I do things differently. You know, I, I work differently. I think differently. I, you know, where somebody would have done it this way, I do it another way. And so then I have to defend why I did it my way and blow it off as being, you know, I just did it this, you know, let's try to make it no big deal. When in my mind, I'm thinking, why didn't you do it that way? Like, why would you, like, why didn't you just do it like a normal way? And, but then I try to make it out to where my, I 
just did it because that's the way I wanted to. Actually, no, I wanted to do it the right way. <laughs> but I, um, um, oh God, I can have so many examples. Um, okay, so I'm always in the 90s at work. So in the 90s, my side work at the end of the night is to empty the tea, empty the coffee, refill um, the um, plates from downstairs, um, the share plates from downstairs, um, refill the coffee cups, saucers, creamers, um, wipe down the counter, bissel my section, reset my tables, um, and flip the um, the table in the in the elevator shaft last, and then go down and start polishing. Um, I've been doing this for two years. Why am I always the last person to leave when I shouldn't have to be? Why am I? having to go back and forth. Like I have to I have to make up for my brains not doing its job to organize everything mentally. And like, cause I've done it a hundred times. Why can't my brain just organize everything? Okay, Chris, go get some plates. While you're getting the plates, just grab some of those saucers. And then we get those saucers, take those up. And then you come back on your way back down, grab the, uh, grab the, um, the garbage and take it down um, through the elevator shaft, and while you're going through the elevator shaft, knock down that table, drop off the silver, and then, you know, no, no, yes, this, and then I, I'll go get the plates, and I'll come back, and I'll look, and I say, oh, empty the coffee, and I'll go back to get the coffee, then I have to go, and I got, it's just a trip, back and forth, back and forth, yeah. back and forth, and I'm running, and I do everything individually, instead of just, and I'm looking mm -hmm. at everybody, everybody else is going, and I'm still there. Mm -hmm. And I've, there's people who've been working there six months who do their side work and get out 30 minutes before me. Yeah. Um, and then, so then they'll joke, Chris, you're always the last one out of here. I'm like, oh, oh I'm just getting old. Y'all like, so young. Y'all just run circles around me. I'm, my ass getting old. I can't run like y'all can. <laughs> yes, I can. It's not about physical. It's not about, but I, I mm -hmm, but that, yeah. but that's what I have to do. Like I said, I have to like joke stuff off, and I have to just, you know, make up a something funny to, yeah, you know, um, 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 and we were talking about too. Uh, before this, you know, because I know that it's happened to me and I'm sure it's happened to you where, you know, the we have friends who have the best of intentions, um, you know, but they'll sit there and say um, things like, oh, no, you're fine. You know, you're you're OK. When they're not seeing what you deal with day to day. And, um, you know, you get to a point where um, this is another term that is actually used for ADHD and autism, but where you start masking, where, you know, everybody sits there and they're trying to tell you that you're okay. And so you feel like you have to present that side of what's normal and what's okay. And then when you get home, you're so exhausted from having to pretend that you're okay and that you're functioning up here when you're not, that your your brain is so tired it can't handle anymore. And um, it's like it literally just shuts down because you've had to mask all day. Um, and there is a point where it's, you just can't do it anymore. Like, I can't sit here and continuously do this and be able to survive because it's too much. Mm -hmm. Something's going to fall. You mm -hmm. know, the shoe's going to to drop something. Right. And it, and that's a terrible feeling to think like, I can't mask anymore. 
I've got to, you know, okay. I've actually got to speak up about what I'm dealing with and be honest with myself that performing at this level is no longer where I'm at. Mm -hmm. But then that on that whole other, um, like the fear, just like uh, the constant fear of like, when is, when am I not going to be able? And like, I mean, I'm sure I have, a, a, you know, my biggest fear now is like, when is it going to start affecting my work? Right. You know, and I, um, like I do find now, thank, thank God I have the situation that I have and I, um, um, and I have the work schedule that I have and I have the flexibility that I have and, um, I've I've talked to my managers, my um and stuff, and like they know, and I um there's just so many other things I want to tell you that um that I can't like I can't think of right That's now. That's okay. That's okay. If you I'm think of stuff. If you oh. think of stuff and you want to come back and record it, we can, like you can write it down. That's a lot of times what I do is, um, cause I have to write everything down. <laughs> I can sit here and talk to you, uh -huh. but when I'm in meetings on zoom, if I have, there's something that, you know, I'm I have to literally just type everything or I have to put it in my phone in the notes or something because that's great. I'll talk, but I'm going to forget what you said. So you know, I, I now keep a notebook by my bed. Um, so as I have things, I write it down. So I remember just something to, to jog it because mm -hmm. I have the same problem where I'll be like, I had it and it's there and it's completely gone. Right. But it'll right. come back later. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> so if there are things that, you know, you think of and you want to record it, do that like write it down and then we can at any point record those things okay not for right. sure but um don't uh, try yeah. to force yourself to do it now if you can't thank you <laughs> i um i just basically wanted to like talk about how um real and hard and scary it is when you start to see the signs because and like when you know that they're there and um and if somebody's watching just like tell them that like I like I get it like I hope that I'm saying what you want to say and you can't say because you're, you don't want to have to explain it to people and then they just write you off, you know, or, or, um, accept, accept where you're at, accept that it's happening. I think you said this earlier, like accept it, like grieve. Well, I think Chandler said last week, um, like grieve through this and accept that it is happening you're aware um you're aware that it's happening and you just have to make the best out of it it's 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 our reality you know having all this knowledge is a new normal before. yeah also this is a um I mean, I would like to talk to somebody, I guess, who hasn't, who wasn't, um, who didn't test, test and think they might be becoming symptomatic because then I guess we could like say, what are the pros and cons of have, of getting tested versus not when it comes to start showing symptoms? Like, you know, are you able to um, write it off as um, more because you don't know? Do you get a little bit more time of, you know, making excuses? if you didn't test versus getting tested and being so in 
the know about things because it's a two-edged sword when it comes with this. You know, it's not like, oh, I got tested in time, so everything's for me. It's great. I'm right. ready. No, no, <laughs> no, it's not like that. I got pre-tested. Yes, I did all these things to try to make the community better for the next generation, but I'm I'm going to go through the same trials and tribulations as somebody who didn't test. Sure. Yeah, just because we we tested to know our genetic status doesn't change the fact that we're we're going to be dealing with the disease. Right. And I think that um, those who are at risk and who choose not to test. Um, yes, they get to ignore it for a little while longer because ignorance is bliss. And mm -hmm. a lot of people experience these things and other diseases. And it's a lot easier when you are at risk to be able to kind of write those things off. Um, especially when we've been in a, a community where we've focused mainly on movement and we're just now really getting acceptance of this cognitive stage of you know being there for even a decade before right like we know these symptoms can show up 10 years before the movements um but it's just now where we're getting to a point where we've we've accepted that and we're willing to talk about it on this level so yes i think people who are at risk do get to deal a little more bit more with that ignorance is bliss um i think that us being proactive and being more aware is a two-edged sword. Yes, it's great because we are able to then go, okay, I'm at this stage. What can we do to make things better as far as research? Can we go ahead and get into research and start fighting for it? I don't, I don't think we stop being advocates. We are just advocates in a different way. Um, at a different level because we've reached a different stage. Um, but it's also really hard for us because we know what this is. We tested for it. Like we know we're aware. We can't just sit there and be ignorance is bliss. Um, and so we have to grieve a part of ourselves that is gone and have to accept this new part of ourselves and this new normal. And um, that's hard to do. And it's not something you do overnight. I don't, I think it's a, just like grief in general, it's not, it's not something that just stops. It's a continuous thing where you have good days and you have bad days. I know um, I have called friends and I called it panic mode where I have literally like been doing something and then I go into this panic mode because I'm like oh my god I'm out of time right like you just get into this I got to do something now because I'm out of time and if I don't do something right now then there's not going to be you know enough time for me to do you know and having to calm myself down and and I think that's the reality of being at this point of being aware like it's not that we don't have bad days because we know no we are just we are going through the process of grieving ourselves, grieving the time that that we're going to lose, um, who we used to be, who we are now, and accepting that person, you know, and and accepting the new normal and adapting to the new normal. Um, but I don't feel that fighting it makes it better. I think that the more accepting we are, um, even, you know, it may suck. Don't get me wrong. It, it sucks to have to be at this point, but mm -hmm. there's nothing we can do to change it. So as I keep right. telling myself, you keep on fighting, you keep screaming and yelling at whatever we need to and speaking up because we are at a point we can do that. Yeah. We're at a point we can still be a voice for others that are more symptomatic than us. And who mm -hmm. can't do it any longer. So. But I will never say that. I mean, it does. It sucks. No. Oh, yeah. It sucks. It Horrible. sucks. Horribly. Horribly. <laughs> Horribly. Um, I. 
yeah, I just get so like so tired of and like I and like I I like I love my personality. I love me. I love my like I love like fun Chris and I I just hate to know that unless something drastic changes <laughs> that like I am gonna like slowly lose all of that and just, you know. Brandon Pichette told me something. Do you know Brandon Pichette? I don't. He's symptomatic with HD. Um, he was, um, he lived in Michigan, but he's symptomatic. And he, one of the things that he told me, you know, that feeling of just wanting to stay on the couch, like when you feel that, get up. He said, mm. those are the days when he absolutely forces himself to get up and out. Those are his best days. But mm. if, that if he lets himself sit there, that that's when he has a bad day. Mm -hmm. And he said it takes everything within him, but he does it. Even right. if it's to just step outside and take a walk, mm -hmm. he will he will do it so it will still be a good day and I mean it was powerful to hear him um, I mean he does um, martial arts and everything um, and he was in the military and so he he's one badass but he does he said that literally like he has to force himself on those days to with everything within him to get up. And then mm. when he does that, once he gets started, he feels so much better rather mm -hmm. than letting the monster take over. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Cause that I, monster is I try to remember it. I open my eyes in the morning and it's like, Hey, how you doing? Where you been? I'm here yeah. waiting for you. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come down this dark tunnel. Come down here. Like, yeah. I don't want you don't, you have to, you, you're already here actually. <laughs> well, but that's, that's the HD talking, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the monster. Right. So it's finding, it's finding the point where you can go, no, fuck you. I'm, I'm not going down the tunnel. I'm getting up today, you know? Right. And I, thankfully I'm blessed because I have kids who make me, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to, I've got a three-year-old who comes into my room and runs his hands down my face. And, you know, so like, mama, go outside, make, you know, make me ride bikes, everything like he, right. Right. but not everybody has that. And right. Right, finding right. something to give you the purpose to force you out is really like sometimes what you got to do, like Grayson, Grayson doing it or, um, you know calling somebody i'll call sometimes i'll call my cousin just to get myself out of it um like you said talking to somebody on the phone sometimes will get you up and out because it makes you start doing things um but when you're by yourself it's really hard to do yes yes it is yes it is um Thank you. This took a lot. <laughs> I'm so glad that you shared it. I wanted to say, Lauren, there's so many more. Well, this is not the end of this conversation. We will definitely continue it. I think this is something that we should do regularly because there's so much that I think we can share. Right. To help Perhaps. people understand. Wow. You know, it, there just is. Write it down and then you just let me know and we can record it. I'll get a list of five more things and then maybe we'll do one and I'll get no mind. Because <laughs> it'll be easy to do. But like breaking those things down and I think like talking about them and like breaking them down and like putting words to them and like putting them out there to where like, you know, um, that's that's Grace and drinking water. I don't know if you could hear it. It's so loud. No, but that's really funny. <laughs> um, um, 
I think it's just good to actually like talk about all these little symptoms because all these little things, if they're happening, then you can't deny that somebody can't deny because if all these little things are happening, then it's a big thing. Yeah. Because we talked about five things. If I know there's another five things, that's 10 things. If I'm dealing with 10 mental things. Yep. That's a lot of, that's a lot. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I love you so much, Lauren. I love All you right. too. That you're in San Diego next weekend, right? Yes. Oh, I yeah. will be there. Um, <laughs> So for those for those that are listening, I do want to reach out and say that um, if you are in this prodromal stage and you are wanting to talk about it, please reach out um, and talk to us because I think that we're at a point that um, we need to share. Just like Chris said, it helps us to be able to share and know that we're not crazy and and that we're dealing with similar things that maybe others are not seeing. Um, and if you want information on executive dysfunction, I have done a ton of research into it. Um, so I'm happy to share whatever it is that you guys uh, would like to see. Um, and yeah, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will catch you next week and take care and love you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.helpforhd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.